This episode of Ghost Stories is brought to you by Satrix, the leading provider of index tracking solutions in South Africa and a proud partner of Ghostmail. With no minimums and easy, low-cost access to local and global products via the Satrix Now online investment platform, everyone can own the market. Visit satrix.co.za for more information. Welcome to this episode of the Ghost Stories podcast. It's going to be another very interesting one and I think an incredibly important one today. Perhaps a little bit less technical than usual, but actually such an important point for anyone who has kids, really. And I think that's a lot of us. And, you know, for those who are particularly worried about the financial future of their kids, trying to save for them as effectively as possible. So I think that's probably all parents, because as a parent myself, I know what it feels like to want to just absolutely do the best you can for your kids at every opportunity. So to help us dig into some of this, I've got Timbeka Kumalo here from Satrix. She's a senior client experience manager there. Obviously, you've heard from a number of the team members at Satrix on Ghost Stories over the past six months or so. Always really interesting views, always something different. And Timbeka, very excited to have you on the show today. Thank you, Ghost. Thank you for having me. And good morning and hi to your listeners. So let's get into it. We are here to talk about savings, which of course is an incredibly important thing. And the reason we're doing it is because this month is National Savings Month. I say this month a little bit loosely. I think it's July, isn't it? Why is this initiative so important? You know, as we move into this month, it's obviously a big deal for you guys. Something like this is critical in South Africa, right? We don't exactly have the best savings culture. No, absolutely. No, we don't. And I think, so it is It is a month where we sort of put a spotlight and raise awareness on the importance of savings and investing in South Africa. And as you correctly said, we've got such a low savings rate in South Africa. Um, so it's it's important that, you know, some initiatives like this are, are highlighted and are run in South Africa so that, you know, in times of whether it's a recession or, you know, increased interest rates, the cycles that we've been going through, I mean, the last two, three years have been quite tough on South Africans. And I think a lot of South Africans at this, during this period have, have, needed to sort of tap into their savings and their investments. So it is important to actually have, you know, those tools um, to come in handy in times like like we're going through now. So yeah, it's absolutely important that we have Savings Month and it's I think it's a great initiative. And I think the reality around savings is going to be felt by a lot of people now because obviously when interest rates were low, I think a lot of people went and bought a new car, especially those who didn't lose their income in the pandemic. You know, obviously there were a lot of people who went through extreme hardship there were a lot of people who were very lucky and didn't. And actually, they were gifted this very low interest rate environment. But unfortunately, I fear that instead of doing what they should have been doing, which was saving, I think a lot of people use that as a great excuse to go and buy that new 900,000 rand car, you know, over 70 months with a 40% residual. And uh, that's not so fun anymore when Prime is now, what is it, 11.75%, I think. You know, these are these are pretty big these are pretty big numbers. So unfortunately, the poor savings culture now is when it pays off, you know, whether you're investing in earning interest over the short term or what we're going to be talking about today, which is, you know, buying shares for your kids. Ultimately, this is the time when you when you when it actually pays off, you know, the sacrifice you made, the decisions you made two, three years ago start to pay off now. And, and unfortunately, it's a hard lesson to learn, but people are going to learn it. No, yes, ex- absolutely. Um, and as you can said, we're going to touch on, you know, compound interest as we as we go further down. 
But this is where, you know, the inverse of compound interest can actually then come and bite you in the bum if you, like you said, you've, you've gone and, and spent during this time and now the interest rates are looking like what they're looking now and you're having to pay that money back to the bank. So, yeah, absolutely. It is important. For sure. And Tembeka, you've got kids yourself, I think. Yes, I have. I have two, two three-year-olds. So, yeah. Oh. Were they twins? They are twins, yes. Oh my goodness. Okay, so you've done this properly, properly. I have one three-year-old and that's tough enough. I have no idea how you manage with two. That is phenomenal. Jeez, that's very, very impressive. And No, yeah, it's a, lot, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I think a lot of work, uh, a lot of reward too, no doubt. <laughs> It is, it is. And also quite the quite the financial gauntlet, isn't it? I mean, it is. I can just imagine two at the same time. The problem is everything's going to hit you double. They're going to start school at exactly the same time. They're going to want their first card exactly the same time. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, everything's going to hit you double. Ghost, you have no idea how for me this 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 initiative and the idea of, of saving for children and investing for children is absolutely important to me because I know like you're saying it hits me you know double I'm gonna I'm gonna start paying school fees double everything from from and it's not even just the big things just the small things like school trips you know you're gonna start having school trips clothing everything on the double so it is absolutely important that you sort of start thinking from day one when they are born and start thinking of their financial future and what your financial future is like with them in the picture now, you know. So absolutely, it is. It is for me a you know something I think about every day and do the calculations every day and 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 I'm absolutely diligent when it comes to investing. You know, when it was about me, I I think I could I could skip a debit order here and there. But when it came to you now have kids, you now have to really be responsible. It's non-negotiable. That's the one thing I would I would pay them first um, from my salary. And then, and then the rest will, you know, will have to fit into the salary. But the first and most important thing is, is their investment for me now. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I think all of us as parents, we just want our kids to have just incrementally more opportunity than we had. Like whatever our opportunity set was, you just dream that your kids will have just more than that, you know, if you can. And I think it's, 100%. I think it's wonderful. And I, there was a recent article that Satrix published that talks about how compound interest or the power of compound interest is one of the best gifts that a parent or a guardian can actually give. And that makes a lot of sense to me. And it's not just compound interest, of course, it's compound returns, right? It's the power of compounding, yes. which is that your returns continue yes. to then earn a bigger return and a bigger return. And those reinvested dividends ramp up over the years, you know? I mean, that is the power of this yes, thing. Yeah. You would have seen this in some of the work you do with clients and calculations. Do people understand that properly? Do they understand this concept of compound returns and just how potent it is? Yeah, um, so goes, I, I find that I have to actually explain it um, and, I, and break it down in practical terms. Because I mean, when you just give the explanation of what compound interest is, um, they don't often get it, you know? Um, I actually read an article recently where it was referred to as the magic, the life-changing magic of compound interest. And I think that's exactly how I feel about it. And that's exactly what I think it is. So I find that I often have to break it down to an example. And I'd say to clients, say you have a thousand rand and it earns you 5% annual interest. In a year's time, that thousand rand would earn you 50 rand and you'd have a new balance of a thousand and fifty rand in your account, right? In year two, you then earn another 5% interest, except that 5% interest now is earned on 1,050 rand and not just 1,000 rand. 
And that interest in year two is now 52 rand 50, and it's no longer 50 rand. So you can only imagine if you're saving for a child from the day they were born, right up until, say, they're 18, when you have to hand that account over, that cycle, that interest or savings or, or investment cycle for 18 years, you can only imagine how much the growth in that account would be and what that account would look like. So really, it is, it is a life-changing magic of compound interest. I think that's a perfect way to explain it. And, and that's the example that I make to my clients. Yeah, so that's a really good worked example there. And a simple example, but a powerful one around the power of compounding, right? And the point here is that the earlier you start, the better, because your money has more time to actually sit and compound over you know, 18 years is very different to 10 years or especially three years, right? Absolutely, absolutely. The, the beauty of having that time, you know, there is a concept that, you know, you can afford to take more risk with that investment. And with more risk, then there is potential for greater return. And Ghost, I'll leave that up to you to explain for us what the, the relationship is like there, the technical explanation of it. Yes, I'm happy to take that. So the point is here, you know, equities are risky and risk is measured as volatility. So it means... To what extent can the value of your investment change? Ultimately, that's what risk really means. I mean, obviously, risk to most people means, oh, I might lose money. Yes, absolutely. But at the end of the day, if you've bought a big diversified portfolio of stocks over 50 years, you know, there's basically no chance that over 50 years, your equity value will be lower than when you started. It's just not going to happen. Inflation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is the reason for that. But obviously, over the short term, things are volatile. And numbers can change and valuations can change and share prices can change. And that creates potentially the risk of, you know, the returns not being quite what you hope. Now, the problem is if you're very close to retirement, you know, if you're retiring two years from now and let's say you pump a whole lot of money into the markets and then there's a significant event, a global financial crisis, a pandemic, a war, this stuff happens, right? Or just normal business cycles. You can suddenly watch a drawdown on 20% or 30% of your pension and now you're in serious trouble because you need that money in two or three years' time. You can't afford to wait it out for another 10 years. So what ends up happening is what financial advisors do is as you get closer to retirement, of course, they start to give you a bigger mix of fixed income type stuff, which takes the risk off the table, right? It means you know you're going to make 7% this year. You might have in equities have made 15%, but you also might have made 0% or even minus 5%. And you can't afford to take that risk very close to retirement. But when you are three years old, you know, you don't need that money right now. You can just ask mom and dad for some sweets and you'll be okay. That means that actually that money is really needed for your varsity fund. You know, we're talking 18 years, 20 years from now. And that means you've got a very, very nice time horizon. I mean, a typical business cycle is like roughly six to seven years, somewhere there. So over an 18 to 20 year horizon, you're probably running almost three full business cycles that you can ride out you know, as a miner who is invested in the markets, or at least your parents or guardians are investing on your behalf. And the benefit of this is it lets you take equity risk. So it lets you take maximum risk. And that means maximum potential reward. And I want to be clear again, the risk here is a measure of volatility. So the point is, because these little investors running around are so young, they can ride out the volatility. They don't have a clue what a share is at the age of three. Maybe your three-year-olds do. I can tell you mine certainly doesn't, <laughs> no, I do. whether his dad is the finance ghost or not. You know, they've got very different little needs. And that's what people mean when they, they talk about risk and volatility and why starting young is so powerful for these kids. And especially in equities as well, which actually, Tim Becker, brings me to my next question, which is, 
you know, from a tax-free savings perspective, is that something that you see parents using a lot? Do they open tax-free savings accounts for their little ones? Can you do that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, tax-free savings accounts, a lot of uh, parents um, do open tax-free savings accounts for their children. I do think it's a it's a very personal um, decision, though, because, I mean, I've also read a lot of articles where, you know, they sort of challenge this, this concept of opening tax-free savings accounts um, for children because, you know, they say that children are really actually not liable for tax at that age. Tameka, I think what a lot of people forget is that the tax-free savings account is honestly a superpower once you've built it up to a big number. And it takes time because you can only put in a certain amount every year. So, look, I'm not a financial advisor and I don't profess to give financial advice, certainly not. But just logically speaking for me, you know, if you can give your 18-year-old, and we're going to get to that shortly, but if you can give your 18-year-old a fully charged tax-free savings account, let's say you just have it invested in JSE property stocks, for example. Normally, you would pay full income tax on those distributions from these property stocks. So that's something that I like to do with my tax-free savings account. In a tax-free savings account, you pay nothing. So you've turned yourself into an institutional investor. You've turned yourself into a pension fund. Now imagine, what will that number be? If you're doing your contribution every single year, you max it out while your child is still a minor. It continues to grow the whole way through school. Then here we go at that age. You know, this is now, this is now where we are. And you've got this incredible cash cow that just sits in compounds because now there's no tax on it. So I think it's a little bit short-sighted for people to think, you know, you know, there's not much tax liability now. Like that's not the point. The point is you can max out this thing while there's no tax liability, but the benefits of that will be felt for literally the rest of time. I mean, I do some unorthodox stuff in my tax-free savings account because I also use it for trading ETFs. Not often, but I mean, you can get in and out of an ETF, hold it for three months, have a particular view on something, you know, watch it run or watch it fall and actually get the tax-free benefit of that. Again, how wonderful to have 500K to play with like that, you know, plus growth. So it's a very, very powerful thing. I think always worth talking to a financial advisor, obviously. But yeah, that, that for me is one of the ways that I think about it, certainly. No, I agree with you. And I think it's, it's you know, a lot of parents are adopting that very same approach where they just feel that, you know, you can save on the tax right now for your children and it would keep growing even if you've maxed out the lifetime allowance. But, you know, you've got that lump sum that keeps growing and keeps growing tax-free in that account, uh, you know, for until the child wants to access it, basically. So on that note, and this I think is a very, very important point, you know, you as the parent, we all do our best, right? Let's call a spade a spade. We all do our best. We've been through it, whatever our backgrounds are, like the opportunities we had or didn't have. Our little ones then grow up. And the fact that we are even having this conversation and the parents talk about savings means that those children are growing up with some financial means around them, generally, because there's some money to save for them. Now, you know, we all do our best with trying to raise the kids to obviously be as mature as possible with money, etc. I don't know about you when you were 18, Timbeka. I was, I think, reasonably responsible, but I was still an 18-year-old. And I think we have to recognize that an 18-year-old is an 18-year-old. You know, you've just gotten your freedom. The world is suddenly your oyster. And I think maturity is nowhere. Even if 18-year-olds think they are adults, they aren't really, let's be honest. You know, they get given this big lump sum of money. Legally speaking as I understand it, at that point in time, if they want to do something completely daft, like take all those years of sacrifice, withdraw the whole amount and go and buy, you know, a, whatever the new GTI will be in uh, whatever year that is, there's not much you can do about it, right? You kind of have to trust the process that you raise your kids, they understand the sacrifice. I mean, that's the reality, right? There's no other protections there to make sure this money gets used for what you think it'll be used for. 
Yeah, unfortunately, ghosts, they aren't. because And I think that's a lot of parents sort of get hit with this realization when the kids do turn 18 and the account, you know, has to be handed over to them. When you open an account for your children, it actually is in their name and you're just opening it as the parent and you're signing on behalf of them only because they are not of legal capacity yet to, to enter into any contractual agreements. So that account actually belongs to, to your child. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't matter if you as the parent have been contributing to it on a monthly basis for the last 18 years. It actually belongs to your child. So that's why it's very important, I always say, to have financial conversations with your children as soon as possible. So to avoid getting to that 18 that, that stage when the child is 18 and you hand over the account and the child goes, goes you know, blows the money and spends it on something stupid. It's important to start having these financial conversations immediately as soon as children, you know, are able to comprehend and understand. Try and get them to do kid entrepreneurial activities in the house and sort of pay them and show them, you know, where I'm paying you, but it's going towards your investment. And this is how your investment is growing. So I think it's just absolutely important to rather avoid because there is no there is no safety net for parents, you know, come, you know, when the children reach age of majority, where you can then protect them from making stupid financial decisions. Therefore, the importance lies in the time before where you actually invest in giving them as much knowledge and having as many conversations around financial freedom and, 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 and how to handle their finances before they turn 18. Yeah, that makes a world of sense. I almost wish there was a product where they get the benefit, but they can't touch the money until they're 21. Because there is a massive difference between a 21-year-old <laughs> and an 18-year-old, I think. I really do think there is a huge Absolutely. difference. But who knows, maybe that will come at some point, you know. And I guess that brings me to to probably the last question on this this topic, you know, and it's it's been so helpful and I think it's so important for parents to realize that these options are available for them to start saving in their kid's name, you know, and to take advantage of things like tax-free savings. So does Satrix have specific funds, you know, that have kind of been designed for this investing for minors concept? You know, how do people access this? How do they find out more from Satrix? So unfortunately, we don't have a like funds that are specific to you know minors, and I think all the funds, basically all our funds, or most of our funds, I can say, are geared towards long-term growth. So I guess in a roundabout way, my answer is maybe most of our funds actually are ideal for minors because they are sort of high-risk investments where they all have a long-term approach, basically. And as we've said in this um, podcast, that with children, they have got the benefit of time on their side. So they can invest in, in stocks and, you know, and, and, and the like. And all our ETFs and, and, and unit trusts, or at least most of them, are, you know, you'd be investing in the stock market. So, yeah, all our funds, I think, are basically applicable for, for miners as well. That makes sense. And then the Satrix Now platform, I guess that's where the, the admin happens in terms of opening it in a miner's name, etc. Absolutely. So that's where it all happens. And I think it's, it's just important for, for, in terms of the process, it would, the parent would need to open an account to register an account. It's a very quick and simple process. The FICA sort of gets done online and literally within within minutes you know the, the your account would be open and once your account is open then within your account you can go ahead and register for an account for your minor child um 
and at that point, obviously, it's easy because we've got all of the parents' information. You don't have to, you know, supply it to us again. So that process is also quite quite quick and easy. And once it's done, you then set up a debit order and have that savings culture on a monthly basis or investment culture on a monthly basis, and you're good to go. Yeah, and the benefit of doing it monthly is you get this dollar cost averaging point, which is obviously silly when you're investing in rands, right? There's no dollars involved. But it's a concept in investing that says, you know, if you just put regular amounts into the market, then you you're far less exposed to timing the market. That is the reality. You know, when you put in lump sums and people get this wrong a lot, if you're watching the market really closely like I am and like a lot of people who might be listening to this, then you can look at this, you can look at the charts, you can really pick up a lot of this knowledge if you put in your hours and hours and hours to understand what's going on. And then maybe you can time the market successfully. But in reality, for most people, it really should just be a monthly debit order, as you said, you know, and then if you buy high one month, yes, it happens. But next month, maybe, you know, things turned and you're getting at a slightly lower price and it averages out over time and you kind of just smooth out that volatility. Otherwise, it's very, very difficult to time the market, extremely difficult. I mean, the pros get it wrong all the time, let alone someone who's kind of hoping to get that right because they watched, you know, two YouTube videos on the topic and, and something on TikTok and apparently it's easy. You know, it's not easy. So I think that monthly debit order concept is right. And I think it also then just builds it into your, monthly budget it just becomes it becomes something that just happens it just happens in the background you know this amount is going off every month and at the end of the day yeah I guess for parents you know and as a parent myself it's weighing up that that concept of handing over the reins to a big amount of money at a very very shall we say sensitive age an 18 year old is an interesting animal um, with you know with suddenly getting all this responsibility and a whole lot of money at the same time is a dangerous con you know concoction but I think it comes down to teaching good habits about money, all the stuff you've talked about. I think that's very much what it comes down to. And at the end of the day, parents can do as much or as little as they want to, right? If you want to take the tax-free savings route, if you're worried about what that amount turns into by 18 or you want to keep some flexibility, you don't have to max it out. You can just do some. I can promise you that anything is better than nothing, literally. Anything is better than nothing. And that can make all the difference to kids one day, whether it's a deposit for a house or money for varsity or not needing a student loan or you know being able to start that business that otherwise wouldn't be possible like this is how families make progress at the end of the day so Timbeck I think the work you guys are doing is very important I look forward to seeing some of the content coming through for this national savings month I'm sure there's going to be quite a bit of it and I'm sure some of it will land in ghost mail as well but any closing comments from you around this and also where people can find out more information I think is important Certainly. I think the important message that I want to leave to everyone is that it's important to just start for those who haven't started. We often find that a lot of people come because they're quite intimidated. They still find investing and investments quite intimidating. But I think at Satrix, we've done a lot of work to try and make sure that we simplify investing from the account opening process to the products that we offer and then to the insights as well that we've got on the website. Um, we've got an article even on National Savings Month and just highlighting the importance thereof. So I think it's just important if people want to go for and, and have a look and read up on, on any information and try and understand more about what we've discussed today, you can go to our website on satrix.coza. Um, and we've got Investing 101 there where you can have a look and understand and read up on all of the, the things that we've discussed today, as well as the news and insights. We've got a whole lot of articles there that are very informative and helpful for parents, as well as just 
you know, everyone, man on the street, not just not just parents only. So, yeah. Timbeka, thank you so much. This has been a, a really good podcast. I think lots of insights here. To listeners, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned something. Go check out the rest of the Satrix content on Ghostmail. In the Ghost Stories podcast, there have been a few of them ranging from really technical stuff through to very personal finance type stuff. And at the end of the day, it's all equally important. It's all about your wealth creation journey and you know how much detail you really want to get into in the markets. There's something for everyone. Go check it out. Tim Becker, thank you so much. Good luck with the twins. Thank you, Chris. And, um, <laughs> thank you. Thanks hopefully so we'll chat again. Thanks. Have a good one. Cheers. Ciao.